to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Building Stronger Creatives. Today's show is going to be all about what you should do when something hurts or when you get injured. Now, I've been coaching clients for almost nine years, and I have seen pretty much the whole gamut of different types of pain and injuries. A lot of people have nagging aches and pains that don't really affect their life that much, but they do notice, and sometimes they can get worse based on what we are doing in or out of the gym. I see this a lot with creative people that work with their bodies, for example, musicians or um, like people that are sculptors or tattoo artists, people that work with their hands. A lot of times we'll have these nagging aches and pains, which can eventually become an overuse injury if we don't deal with them appropriately. Of course, if you work a desk job, you probably also have shit like this that you deal with. Maybe your back or your hips are tight or your shoulder bugs you. Modern life um, and just being a human and living is going to set you up for some of this stuff. So it's really important that we learn how to deal with it appropriately. Of course, you might also have acute issues that come up. For example, if you got in a car accident, God forbid, or you fell and broke your leg or something like that, these things need to be dealt with as well. And then over the course of a lifetime, some things can eventually become chronic pain. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that as well and how that's actually different than like an acute injury breaking your leg or being in an accident or something like that. Before I talk about, you know, what to do, when you should go to a doctor, how you can help yourself recover, all of these things I'm going to cover in the episode, I just want to share my personal experience dealing with pain and injuries. I am lucky that I've been blessed with relatively good health, physical health um, throughout my life, but I have had a few experiences with pain and injuries. The first one was one of these acute injuries, like I was talking about an accident. I was skiing. I think I was a junior in college, so we're talking like more than 10 years ago now. I had been uh, skiing with my family pretty much every year. My whole childhood, we were able to drive out to Colorado and ski, and nobody had ever gotten hurt. And it was just a particularly icy day. I wasn't even doing anything cool. I was literally at the bottom of the slope um, where the lifts are. <laughs> and I just hit a patch of ice and I sort of fell head first. And I kind of caught my entire body weight on my left arm. So you can sort of imagine the weight of a adult's body just crushing directly into my left wrist. And I knew something was really bad because there was a ton of pain. I started swelling and I had to be like a... I put on a snowmobile and taken out and I had to go to the doctor. And what happened was I basically destroyed my wrist bone. So if you look at your wrist and you see on the far side, that kind of bony protrusion, um, that was basically shattered. And I had some other fractures as well. So we're talking like a really serious broken bone here. 
a ton of pain. And then like I had to drive all, you know, sit in a car and drive all the way home with my arm in a slint. And I had to go to a re- like my actual doctor. Of course, I saw a real doctor in Colorado, but the actual doctor told me that I needed surgery. At the time, I was in music school playing trombone. And if you're familiar with trombone, it's a fairly heavy instrument that you hold in your left hand. So we're talking about the hand that supported my instrument, which was at the time what I thought I was going to be doing professionally. I also happened to be a soloist in a big national competition that was like a few months away. (laughs) And so this was like a pretty devastating experience for me. Thankfully, I had a really great surgeon and I had a really great physical therapist that I went to for several months after my surgery. If you look at the image for this podcast, the cover, I put a picture of what my wrist looks like now because I had a huge titanium plate installed into my wrist. So they reconstructed the bone as best they could and they basically stapled it onto this plate that hopefully is never going to come out. After the surgery and after the break, I hadn't really been using my fingers for some time because it was painful and I was in a, a slint or a cast. And so I had to basically relearn how to use my left hand. Um... There was a lot involved in this process. And at the time, it really sucked. I had to get special permission not to be in an ensemble for one of my quarters at school, which was a requirement as part of my music degree. Um, I couldn't practice. I couldn't work out. Like there was a lot of things that I couldn't do. Uh, But in retrospect, the fact that I made a full recovery um, and the fact that I learned a lot through this process that would help me later as a coach, empathizing with my clients. Um, and ultimately, I would say that it, was a, it wasn't a positive experience, but some positive things came out of it. So I'm not happy that it happened, but I am grateful that it worked out okay and that I was able to kind of learn some things from the experience. So I have a personal experience with like a, a fairly traumatic injury um, that was like an acute injury through an accident. Now, I've also had off and on throughout my life some nagging knee pain. Now, Some of this is probably genetic because most of the women in my family have knee problems and have even had knee replacements and stuff like that. This wasn't, this was a problem when I was, uh, when I had obesity and I was inactive and then it kind of went away for a while and then it would come back, especially as I was doing some stupid shit in the weight room when I was transitioning out of my beginner phase and into my intermediate phase and trying to like set squat PRs all the time. This pain actually went away on its own and got better when I started to train smarter So basically when I stopped doing said stupid shit and when I built strength in the supporting muscles. So when I built stronger legs and stronger hips and I learned how to move better, I basically stopped having knee pain. And every once in a while I'll have a little twinge, but that's something that just through training alone and being a little bit more intelligent about what I was doing, I was able to fix. And that's going to be relevant in my conversation about pain later. So just keep that in mind. Now, more recently, the third experience that I've had with pain is that I hurt my hip. Essentially, I have hip bursitis on one side, which is basically like an inflammation issue. There's a part of my hip joint that is very inflamed because of essentially overtraining on my part. So this was not an acute thing. It happened slowly over time. It definitely wasn't an accident. It happened because of things that I did, for better or for worse, decisions that I made. And this is the one issue that I think is likely to uh, potentially become a chronic issue for me if I'm not careful. So just like when I broke my wrist, I went to physical therapy. But this experience was a little bit different. It wasn't like, okay, you haven't used your hand in a month. You know, we need to basically rebuild your movement from scratch. This was, you know, how can we build strength in the muscles that are weak? How can we take some stress off parts that are doing too much work? And how can we sort of desensitize this pain signal that's coming from your brain 
so that you can hike and walk and do all the things that were challenging for me when my hip was hurting a lot. So this is fairly recent. Like I went to physical therapy in the summer and I'm not ready to declare victory on my hip just yet. And as I mentioned, I think that this is going to be an issue that I might need to contend with for some time, for better or for worse. So again, I'm not happy that it happened. And sometimes I have a tendency to beat myself up for the decisions that I made that led me to this point. But I'm trying to approach it from a learning standpoint, both for myself as someone who would love to be fit and strong for life and be able to do fun shit, even if I'm lucky enough to be older. And also as a coach, because a lot of my clients have stuff like this. Maybe they have an old injury or a surgery that they were not able to get physical therapy from or they did not fully recover from. Or I have clients that are older or for medical reasons have chronic pain and stuff that they're dealing with. And this is kind of a different approach than that more acute injury. So it's, I just want to share all this so that you know that I sort of understand what it's like to be in a lot of different positions with pain. And I've worked with a lot of people in all these positions as well. And I'm always trying to learn more because unfortunately, a lot of us are going to have pain or injuries. I mean, pretty much everybody is going to have some kind of pain or injury during their life. So I want to arm you with some knowledge today so that when it does happen to you, hopefully not anytime soon, hopefully nothing serious, but it probably will happen, that you have good information to use that can set you up to be as mobile and healthy and hopefully make a full recovery as possible. The first thing that I want to talk about is when should you actually go get medical help? Okay, let me say here that there's something called scope of practice, which is basically like, I'm a personal trainer. Okay, I'm a certified personal trainer. I also am certified as a nutrition coach, but I'm not a physician and I'm not a physical therapist. I'm also not um, a psychotherapist, which is a conversation for another time. But basically, I have a certain set of skills and knowledge and I'm legally allowed to practice and help clients in a certain way. Personal trainers are not allowed to diagnose medical conditions, and they're not really allowed to treat medical conditions directly or promise you that they can either. So just because you have a coach or a trainer who maybe did some cert on corrective exercise or went to some workshop or, I don't know, thinks they know better than doctors, they're really not in a position to tell you what's actually physically going on with medical issues. Now, trainers might be able to make general statements like, okay, your knees hurt, so it's likely that maybe certain joints um, around the knees are tighter than they should be, maybe certain muscles are weaker. There's absolutely interventions that trainers can use, but they cannot diagnose what's going on. So keeping that in mind, if you are dealing with um, persistent pain, so okay, let me back up. If you are in like a car accident or you have like an acute injury, an accident, something like that happens, hopefully you'll be going to a doctor. But if you're on the fence, I strongly encourage you to do so. If you have like really sharp pain, especially if it's like sudden, intense, sharp pain, that's not necessarily um, uh, you didn't get an accident or something, but all of a sudden something's really hurting you. Or if something starts to happen where your mobility or the way that you like go about your daily life is really restricted, I strongly encourage you to visit a doctor or a physical therapist. Now, let's say you have like some aches and pains that are like kind of annoying. Maybe they hurt. Maybe they're bothering you. But you're not really sure if you need to go to a doctor. Of course, it's totally up to you what you choose to do. But I definitely encourage you that if you find yourself, it's like two, three weeks a month, especially, and things haven't gotten better at all, or maybe they've even gotten a little bit worse, I encourage you to go get that checked out. 
I've had so many clients over the years or friends or people that I know that sort of refused to go get help for an issue that wasn't really debilitating, but was definitely affecting their quality of life. There are a variety of reasons that might happen. Someone might be afraid. They might just not have the time. Um, They might be worried about costs. All of these are totally valid. But a lot of times these issues can be treated and they can get better. But if you don't go, they'll get worse. So this is basically what happened with my hip. Could I probably have gone sooner? Yes. But it got to a point where all of a sudden this issue that was like really minor became a lot more noticeable and and was affecting me more. And I gave it about a couple weeks and then I went to go to physical therapy. And my physical therapist said to me, you know, we can absolutely help you with this. And it's really good that you came in because if you just either rested completely and did nothing or you kept doing what you were doing, like this could develop into a much more serious issue. So, of course, you're always free to make your own medical decisions. But just know that if there's an issue, there's pain and something's restricted, it's bothering you persistently and it doesn't get better in a couple of weeks with rest or maybe modifying your training, you might benefit from going to see a doctor. Now, in some states, you don't need to go to like your primary care doctor or a physician. You can go directly to a physical therapist. This is true in Illinois. I think this changed a few years ago. So where I live, I don't need a prescription for physical therapy. I can just go right there. So if you live in a state like this, which you can look up, and you don't really want to deal with going to a doctor, um, or you don't think it's serious enough for a doctor, but you think that maybe a physical therapist could help, that's an option that you can pursue as well. I'm sharing all this because I don't want you to suffer unnecessarily, and I want you to know that a lot of times there is big help available to you if you go seek it out, okay? So let's say that something's hurting, you had an injury, whatever. Now, I'm not, again, out of my scope of practice to talk about, like, broken bones or serious medical issues or if a doctor has told you straight up, like, do certain things or don't do certain things, you should follow that. But let's say you just have like a nagging ache and pain or maybe you're sort of post rehab and you're trying to transition back into your regular routine. What can you do to help the recovery process? There are a few things that are really important. Okay, the first thing is don't do shit that hurts, okay? And the second thing which is related is don't go pain hunting or testing your pain. Let me explain what these mean. So, Like, I'm going to use the gym as an example because that's sort of my area of expertise. Let's say I'm working with someone, maybe a new client or someone who's come back to the gym, and they're like, yeah, I'm feeling really good, but when I go to do a barbell overhead press or a barbell bench press, my shoulder just is killing me. Like, how can, what can I do about that? The first thing that I'm going to do with that client is have them stop doing the exercise that hurts. When it comes to fitness and movement and even lifting weights, there are so many options and so many exercises that you can choose to achieve your goals that it makes absolutely zero fucking sense to do stuff that is actively hurting you. Sometimes we have to let go of like old ideas about what we should be doing, or maybe we used to do a certain exercise when we were in high school and we loved it, but now it hurts. Like sometimes we just have to let that shit go so that we don't make our situation worse. So if a specific movement is hurting you a lot and you can't improve that by maybe speaking with a coach and working on your form or going lighter or stuff like that, just take it out of your program and don't do it. Now, pain hunting is basically if you've ever had something, let's say you have a minor tweak. Okay, I'll use myself. Let's say my hips kind of hurting and like I'm kind of uneasy about it. I'm feeling anxious and I want to know, Okay, is it getting better? Like, can I do this certain movement without pain? And so I sort of push my joint or push my body and I try to do as much as I can and try to find where that pain is starting. If you've ever been hurting, you've probably done this, okay? We all do it because we're curious, we're anxious, we want to sort of know where our limits are. 
but this is both physically and psychologically unhelpful. Psychologically, because you're sort of always on edge, like, am I better? Like, is this working? Like, what can I do or not do? Oh, I thought I was getting better, but like this particular thing hurts. Like, it's just a terrible cycle to get trapped in. And then physically, we start to get into the territory of don't do shit that hurts, okay? If you have sort of some chronic pain and issue and you can do 10 movements there, but the 11th one is painful, like we don't need to do the 11th one. We have a lot of other options where we can train below where we're feeling that pain, okay? So don't resist the urge to go pain hunting. Don't do shit that hurts. The second, uh, well, I guess this is the third. The third and fourth things that are really important with recovery are more like lifestyle related things. So we're always eager to see what we can do in the gym or hit some new milestone in physical therapy or whatever. But it's all of the stuff that we're doing the rest of the day that has a really profound impact on the healing process. So number three thing that can help you with recovery is to get more sleep. Now, you probably already know that sleep is important for you. If you listen to my sleep episode, you know that I'm not a fan of fitness professionals lecturing people about the importance of sleep because I think it can be unhelpful. But when it comes to healing and recovery, just know that a lot of that process is going to take place during sleep. So anything you can do to get more rest, um, and I don't mean like resting from the gym, I mean like literally sleeping or taking naps is going to be in your favor, especially if you're someone who's consistently getting six hours or less per night. The fourth thing also lifestyle related is going to be nutrition. So if you are, especially if you're dealing with an acute injury like a surgery or a broken bone or something like that, it's really important not to be dieting, okay? If you have a weight loss goal, you need to put it on hold if possible because that healing process, the rebuilding and recovery process, it takes a lot of energy, okay? There's a lot of work going on in your body that needs to be fuel, and you also need to give your body like raw materials and building blocks to make those repairs. So if you are trying to recover and you're also restricting calories, you're basically robbing your body of the things that it needs in order to recover. So I suggest at a bare minimum eating at maintenance and you might even consider eating a little bit more. Basically, we want to just try to eat lots and lots of healthy foods. Okay, you don't need to stuff yourself, but eat lots of lean proteins, eat carbs and fats, fruits, veggies, all of the healthy foods that make you feel good. Make sure that you're not trying to diet. Now, sometimes we feel psychologically conflicted because you might be moving a lot less depending on your injury. And so you think, oh, I need to eat less to compensate for that to prevent weight gain. But know that your metabolic rate is going to be elevated, especially for these, again, acute large injuries. And we want to make sure that we provide the fuel that our body needs so that it can make those repairs as quickly and as thoroughly as possible. The final thing, um, and this is so, so important, and this is really what I preach a lot to my clients. The final thing that can help you with recovery is actually just moving more. If you break a leg or your doctor says, don't lift a weight over 10 pounds while you recover from the surgery, okay, you need to absolutely follow those guidelines. But I think a lot of times when we are hurting or we get injured, we move way too far in the opposite direction and we think, I need to rest completely. I need to not move. And again, that might work in the very short term. It might be necessary, but over the long term, that's not helping you. Now, let me take a little detour here to talk about chronic pain. So, Big difference between acute injury like breaking a leg and chronic pain like 
nothing has happened recently. Maybe something's happened in the past, but for the last 15 years, my knees hurt all the time or my back hurts all the time. Now, I'm not a pain specialist, but I'm going to give you like a really brief summary here. Pain is extremely complex, especially chronic pain. At a certain point, there may not be anything like physically uh, wrong with your tissues. So if you break a bone, there's like literally a fracture in your bone. But if you have chronic knee pain, there might not be anything wrong with your knee. At for a certain point, a certain um, amount of time experiencing pain based on a variety of like psychological and environmental factors, pain starts to become kind of an expectation in your nervous system. It's basically a learned habit. So you might be hurting, like you might literally be in a lot of pain, but there might not necessarily be anything wrong with your tissues. So what we need in order to work through chronic pain, I mean, there's a lot of things. Again, it's extremely complex, but one thing that helps is figure out like what movements can I do below that pain threshold? Really focus on those and sort of desensitize my body to this constant pain signal that's coming from my brain. And this is really what is occurring in a lot of physical therapy. So like with my hip, for example, okay, it hurts to walk, you know, it hurts to do single leg movements. Can we really back it up? Can we work on, um, like we, we did a lot of like core exercises where I was using my hips to stabilize m- my body position. We did a lot of like glute and hip strengthening exercises. We did a lot of really, really basic stuff and it didn't hurt. And what I was doing was I was kind of taking a step back and building up some strength and desensitizing myself to that constant pain signal. And then as I got better, I was able to add more intensity and get back into walking and stuff like that. Now, again, I don't, um, this isn't necessarily a chronic issue with my hip, but it has the potential to become something that is a chronic issue. So if something is like always hurting you and you're afraid to move and you haven't been exercising, I strongly encourage you to figure out what can you do what doesn't hurt or what hurts like a very, very minimal amount and do more of that and just move your body. Okay. So you get, you get more comfortable moving and you're not afraid of the movement. Of course, moving is also beneficial because it's going to help promote recovery. It's going to get blood pumping through your body, which is going to deliver important nutrients. Um, A lot of times when we get hurt, it happens because tissues, muscles, whatever, they weren't strong enough to handle whatever we asked them to do. Again, I'm not, here I'm not necessarily talking about a car accident where uh, that has nothing to do with it. But like if you got hurt at the gym or you got hurt doing chores around the house or something like that, you put too much um, intensity or volume or whatever into a certain tissue. And so resting is important, but it's not going to fix the problem next time because what you need is to build your body back stronger and become more resilient. So if you're hurting Again, follow instructions from a doctor or a PT, but a lot of times doing nothing is not what you need. You need to figure out all of the things that you can do, perhaps figure out specific things that could help you with a similar issue in the future and do more of that stuff. So that helps me transition into the final thing I want to talk about, which is how can you train around pain? So this is what I do a lot of with my clients. I have probably helped people train around just about every minor to somewhat major issue you can think of. Tons of back pain, shoulder pain, lots and lots of knee pain, wrist and ankle issues. Um, I've had people with broken bones where they couldn't um, stand on their legs or they, they couldn't use one arm, like the whole gamut of issues. And just about every time we're, well, not just about every single time we are able to do something. So 
one of the easiest ways to train around pain is just to train non-injured or non-hurting body parts, okay? So not even worrying about like, what can I do with this leg, this knee that's bugging me or my, my broken hand? Like if I have an upper body issue, can I train core and lower body? If I have a lower body issue, vice versa, can I train upper body? You know, if I have a broken arm, can I train the other arm? Like what can you train that's not hurting? Because almost never... Um, well, it's certainly, okay, if you're like in a full body cast, you're not going to be in the gym. So if you're in the gym, you're able to work out, there's almost always parts of your body or muscles that you can train that are not injured. So you can absolutely hammer the shit out of those. Now, sometimes people think like, oh, my one shoulder is injured, so I shouldn't train the other because I'll become imbalanced. But that's not exactly the way the body works. You can train only on one side and you will actually build strength gains. Certainly, you'll maintain the strength you already have on the injured side. So don't be afraid to just train one arm or one leg for a while if you need to. Like those, uh, the improvements you're going to get from that are going to benefit both sides. A really simple thing that you can do, especially if you're just dealing with nagging aches and pains, is to dial back the volume or intensity or both. I'm going to do a whole separate episode on volume and intensity because these are like probably the two most important factors in all of physical training and most people don't really understand what they are or why they're important. So just really quickly, volume is like the amount of work that you're doing. The easiest way to think about it in the weight room is the total amount of sets and reps. If you're doing endurance training, it would be like how long you're going for, okay? How long is your run? How long are you swimming for, etc. Intensity is basically load. Okay, so in the weight room, how heavy are we going? Like how close to truly maxing out are we? With endurance training, intensity might refer more to like really high intensity intervals or something like that. So when we manipulate these two volumes, we get different results at the gym. We turn up intensity, we get stronger. We turn up volume, a lot of times we're going to build muscle or perhaps improve our endurance. But if we turn up volume and intensity both all the way up as high as they go for a long time, we are almost certain to get at least burnt out if not injured. So if something's bugging you, my first suggestion is to turn back the volume dial. Do fewer reps, do fewer sets, shorter workouts. Just don't do as much overall work. A lot of times that makes a huge difference. Like for me with my hip, for example, too much volume was probably the main culprit at play. Now, if that's still an issue, you can also dial back intensity. So not only are you doing fewer sets and reps, you're also doing lower weights. You can manipulate those two variables and see if just making those changes for a while helps you feel a little bit better. Another thing you can do with specific exercises is to change the range of motion. So I'm gonna give you an example from my coaching with clients. If somebody has knee pain, when they do a deep squat, I still want that person to squat because squatting is super important if they're able to. There are always a few people that can't do movements. But one way that I might help with this, in addition to maybe building strength and mobility in other areas, is temporarily we're going to squat to a higher box. So we're going to figure out what is the range of motion that we can do without pain, and we're going to train in that range of motion. Now, generally speaking, we want to use full ranges of motion at the gym because it's going to maximize benefit from the movement, but we don't want to do that at the expense of joint pain or injuring ourselves. So if something is really important and you want to keep it in your program, but using a really full or really large range of motion causes pain, you can experiment with reducing it temporarily. Now, I wouldn't necessarily do this on every movement, but sometimes it's warranted. Another thing that we can do is to use more physical support. So, for example, as a really broad 
uh, comparison, think of when you're doing a free weight exercise with like dumbbell or barbell or kettlebells versus a machine. Usually with a machine, you're going to be sitting down and the machine is going to support your body in some way. With a free weight exercise, by definition, you're moving in free space. And so you have to use your stabilizing muscles more and your core muscles more. Sometimes when we're injured, actually a lot of times when we're injured, it is these stabilizing muscles that get overly taxed and sort of crap out on us. So if we want to build strength, we want a little bit more support, you know, we can use props, we can move an exercise to seated or lying on the floor, we can use more machines, but just giving ourselves some external support is oftentimes very helpful. The final thing that can help you train around pain, and this is sort of the message I want to end on in general, is focus on what you can do. Most of the time, I don't want, I was about to give a percentage, but I don't want to just make something up out of thin air. Most of the time when we get hurt, there are like tons and tons of things that we are capable of doing. What happens is we get so upset or frustrated or anxious that we focus on all the things we can't do. And I want to empathize, like if you have chronic pain that's really affecting your life, it's really difficult to deal with. And it can really affect your life in a lot of negative ways. So, so these things are, they're not like minor issues, but there's usually a lot of stuff that you can do. I think about one client that I've worked with for a while. Um, she's an older client and she has quite a lot of chronic pain. And every time she comes in the gym, she just has such a great attitude and she's excited to try things. She's patient. Like when things are hurting, she sort of accepts it with equanimity. And this client has made a lot of progress and we've explored and we've had to experiment, but we found a lot of things that she can do to just move her body and get stronger. And I guarantee that there are things that you can do as well, no matter what issue you're dealing with. Not uh, excluding people who've been told by a doctor, like, don't do this. Again, I'm not trying to say I know more than your doctor. I think you should absolutely follow that advice. But it's really easy to get caught in the trap of what we can't do. So think about how can I continue to move? What can I handle? What doesn't hurt? What maybe other directions can I take my fitness in for a while if I can't do running, for example, because my ankle is injured, maybe I can focus more on lifting weights or maybe I could take up swimming where there's no impact, something like that. It's really, really helpful to just keep a positive attitude and not get sucked into the trap of feeling sorry for ourselves and ruminating about the future and what may or may not happen. The clients I've had that are most successful overcoming pain and injuries and, and healing and sort of building their best life despite everything they're dealing with they're open-minded, they're flexible, and they stay as positive as possible. So I hope this episode is helpful for you. Just to summarize a few things, I encourage you to get medical help if you're concerned about something. A lot of times, if we leave issues unchecked, they get worse. And a lot of times, those issues can be helped by going to physical therapy or going to the doctor. I didn't say this earlier, but I do want to add, if you go to a doctor and they tell you, you know, you have to get surgery or something really extreme is um required, you can always get a second opinion. You don't have to take a first opinion if that makes you uncomfortable. Now, if you are sort of cleared to exercise or you've decided you don't need to go to the doctor, there are things you can do to promote recovery. So first of all, don't do stuff that's making your pain worse and don't go looking for your pain. Make sure you're getting enough sleep and eating lots of nutritious foods. And then what are the last thing I say? Oh yeah, move. <laughs> Make sure you do a lot of movement, okay? Move in all the ways that you can and explore what you're capable of. When you're looking for ways to move and train around pain, look at areas or body parts that are not injured. Look at reducing the volume first and then the intensity as needed. 
You can change the range of motion of exercises so that they don't hurt. You can use more support. And then it's really important to just look for what you can do and focus on improving in the ways that you can. Having pain or injuries are a normal part of life. Hopefully they're not happening at the gym, um, but they might happen at the gym if you're training on your own. You know, accidents happen outside the gym, life happens. So it's important to be prepared for this stuff and understand that you can move through it. And it can be not necessarily, I don't want to say positive, I don't want to like sugarcoat it, but you can learn from the experience and you can build back stronger and more resilient in the future. If you have any questions about anything I talked about in this episode or you want some clarification, I always love to hear from you. My inbox, my DMs on Instagram are always open and I respond to everybody who messages me. You can also hit me up if you have requests for a future episode or anything like that. My handle is just my name at Caroline Juster. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong.